This morning our text comes from Acts 2, 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy." And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen. This Pentecost is also considered the birth of the church. It's the, it's the day when the Holy Spirit empowered God's people, empowered the disciples of Jesus Christ uh, to become a group of people sharing the good news of Jesus out beyond themselves and forming into groups and... Uh, healing and moving about. If we, if we read Acts, you can see that the Holy Spirit is really the central character in that entire story, moving people from one place for another. And this same, that same Holy Spirit is the same Spirit of God that hovered over the void at the beginning of creation. The Ruach Elohim, that the breath of God that breathed life into creation and gave birth to the world that was now giving birth to the church. 
That same Holy Spirit that became a burning bush and a voice comes out of it and calls Moses to lead God's people out of slavery. That same Holy Spirit that came as a pillar of fire out in the wilderness in the tabernacle. It was a pillar of fire during the night and a pillar of smoke during the day and it led God's people throughout the promised land. And when they stopped, it descended on the tabernacle and on the Holy of Holies, indicating that God was among God's people and leading them and they were not alone. That same Holy Spirit, that uh, that Shekinah glory of God that brought Moses up to the mountain and wrote the Ten Commandments and and headed God's pe- handed it out to God's people and delivered them and made them into a, a holy nation, into a people. It's that same Holy Spirit that spoke through the prophets and empowered them to speak the Word of God to God's people in good times and in bad. During the time of David when God's people were at the pinnacle of their lives and during the exile and during all kinds of oppression. That same Holy Spirit in times of oppression promised a Messiah that would be the Savior of all people. And that same Holy Spirit came to Mary and enabled her to conceive a Son who would be for all people and would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And that same Holy Spirit drew Jesus out into the wilderness and helped Him to face down the devil in temptation. And that same Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at His baptism in the form of a dove. And when the voice of God at that moment declares to Jesus, This is My Son, in whom I am well pleased. That same Holy Spirit... Uh, that Jesus from the cross committed into the hands of the Father with His final breath. It is that same Holy Spirit that was promised to the disciples, the Comforter who would come and reveal truth and remind us of all that Jesus had said and taught. It was that same Holy Spirit that on Pentecost descended on to each disciple as tongues of fire, empowering them to speak and to hear the Word of God in their own language. No longer did the Shekinah glory of God exist in the temple. Now that Shekinah glory of God, that that Ruach Elohim, the breath of God, now resided within each follower of Christ, each believer, each person, who declared themselves before God as God's children. No longer did you have to go uh, sacrifice animals. That, That Holy Spirit, that glory of God existed within each of us. It was a spirit of adoption that Paul calls it. And it means that each of us our beloved adopted children of God. And if children, then joint heirs to the promise. 
That same Spirit empowered Peter to preach the good news to crowds and to add thousands to their number. We've been talking about Acts over the last few weeks. And you can see the Holy Spirit at work in Peter. That same Spirit that prompted Philip to reveal the Scriptures to the Ethiopian eunuch. That same Spirit was with Stephen as he was martyred, revealing things in heaven. And that same Spirit was with Saul on that day, tugging at his heart. And that same Holy Spirit was with Saul as he rode on the road to Damascus and was blinded by a great light and heard the voice of Jesus calling him to forsake Paul and to stop persecuting him and to be made new as Paul, beloved apostle, as one sent. Paul, who by the leading of that same Spirit shared the good news of Jesus among the Gentiles, standing on Mars Hill and declaring that God had revealed God's self through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is alive and well today through that same Spirit. Amen? You can say amen, that's all right. Paul, who wanted to go into Asia, but was stopped by the Holy Spirit and sent to Rome instead. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, guided and inspired by that Holy Spirit. Paul, who uh, and the same Spirit was with those communities that Paul had formed in Ephesus, Galatia, Philippi, Corinth, and many other communities across the Mediterranean. That same Spirit was with the fledgling communities as they faced persecution in Rome. That same Spirit that empowered the martyrs like Polycarp and Perpetua who chose death over abandoning the God they had come to know as their salvation. And that same Holy Spirit drew the early Christians into a deep ethic of hospitality and care for the poor and the hurt and the wounded. Prompted people like St. Anthony to sell all that he had and give it to the poor and chose the simple ascetic life of devotion to God. And it is that same spirit that prompted the early followers of the way, their first Christians were known as the people of the way, to feed the poor when all others had abandoned them and to care for the sick even as people fled from plagues In the ancient days when a plague would hit a Roman town, the doctors all got up and left because they didn't want to catch it. Who stayed? The followers of Christ stayed. Forsaking their own well-being in the service of others and remembering that Christ said, if anyone would be great in the kingdom of God, they must become the servant of all. That same Holy Spirit uh, prompted the devotional life of the Middle Ages. I'm skipping a lot of history here. The devotional life of the Middle Ages. And that same Holy Spirit moved Martin Luther in the 16th century to question the direction of the church and to draw us back into that compassionate salvation grace that God had promised in Christ. And that same Spirit moved Roger Williams in the 17th century when he insisted on absolute religious liberty, even though it got him exiled from the Massachusetts Bay Colony. 
And that same Holy Spirit was with Roger Williams when he founded Providence, Rhode Island, and with it the First Baptist Church of the Americas, devoted to religious liberty for all and the imposition of religion on no one. That same Holy Spirit was with Walter Rauschenbusch when he articulated for us the social gospel and confronted the world's societal and systematic sins as opposed to focusing on individual sin and salvation, recognizing our collective responsibility to care for the least of these among us. And that same Holy Spirit emboldened Martin Luther King Jr. to march in Selma and to march in Birmingham and march in Washington, D.C. Amen? And to speak a prophetic word to a nation who needed to hear the Word of God. And that same Holy Spirit was with those people who gathered at the home of James and Annie Berkeley and formed the First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City and would uh, sign it into being, as Dennis pointed out, above a blacksmith shop with a bunch of people swearing and cussing downstairs and a bunch of people praying upstairs. (laughs) And they devoted themselves to living out the ideals of the Baptist faith here in Salt Lake Valley. And that same Holy Spirit has enabled us to bear witness to the same Spirit here for 134 years. That same Holy Spirit that came upon the disciples on Pentecost over 2,000 years ago has been and is now at work in you and in me and here in this community. Amen? Amen. And I pray that you can see that same Holy Spirit at work all around us. I pray that you can feel that Holy Spirit stirring up inside of you as we gather in worship every week. I pray that you see how God is working in the lives of people who need that infilling, that fire, that dove, that Holy Spirit that speaks on our behalf with groans too deep for words. That Spirit that comforts and enlightens, that calls us out of ourselves and ties us to a loving and compassionate God. That Holy Spirit that speaks words of affirmation and love and grace into our lives. Even when we stand at the mirror and we, we see nothing that we like. Even when we stand there and we say we're not good enough. Even when others say we're not good enough. And even when we tell ourselves we just can't make it work. We're just not worthy. That same Holy Spirit I pray inside of you stirs up and says you are worthy. You are my child and I love you. You are a part of something bigger than yourself. A crucial component. And I have gifted you. I have gifted you to make a difference in this world. That is what the Holy Spirit has come to say to us. Is that we are empowered and emboldened and enlightened and given gifts 
not only for our own salvation, not only for our own sake, not only in the hope of seeing our best selves come to reality, but in the hope of the entire world. That same Holy Spirit empowers and mobilizes us and makes us a force to be reckoned with. That's the birth of the church, the church, the ecclesia, the gathered body of Christ. A body that moves and breathes and brings compassion and love into a hurt and broken world. A body that is filled with strength. A body that is nourished by God, by the Word of God. A body that is sewn together and when when something is missing, something's not right. We need each other. We need the whole body of Christ. Because God's Holy Spirit put this together on purpose. (laughs) Brought us together on purpose. As, As Paul goes into talking about the body, when a finger is missing or an eye is missing or a leg is missing, we're not working as we are supposed to. We have to make accommodations for those that are missing. But when we are all together, that Holy Spirit becomes a fire that cannot be quenched. Holy Spirit has been at work in you, in me, in this church, in other churches, in every country across the globe for a long, long time and continues to work today. The ark, as the prophet Martin Luther King Jr. said, the ark of history bends towards justice. And I would add to that love and mercy and compassion. We look around and we see that the world seems to be darker and meaner and not as good as we remember it when we were children. It's important for us to remember that the Holy Spirit is still at work. God wins, (laughs) ultimately. My prayer on this Pentecost Sunday that that Holy Spirit becomes tangible in you and to you for your own sake that you might know what compassion and love is from God and for the sake of the world that the world might know God's love through you maybe even more importantly through us Loving and gracious God, your Holy Spirit is at work and we can feel it. Sometimes we feel it very strongly, sometimes it's very quiet and faint. Sometimes we just have to go on faith that it is there, but you have been at work. You draw a thread from that day in Pentecost to now. We ask God that you would continue to empower us, your church, to be your hands and feet in this world. And may we be filled to the brim with your love through that same Holy Spirit. Love for ourselves, love for God.